hemp, 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 hemp. I can't decide really what I like best about hemp. Almost every day, some new hemp idea is coming up. And I think that's really what I like the most about hemp right now is it is fostering the legalization of hemp. The farm bill passing in 2018 has created so much interest in ideas in hemp. It is incredible. And it's just the idea of it that I just I love so much. But man, you know what? Hemp always starts with a seed. That's right. Cannabis always starts with a seed. Even the clones started with a seed. Now, where the seed came from, hmm, chicken and the egg. But the idea is the seed. That is what I'm getting to, is all these seeds, all these ideas are being planted throughout the country and out the world right now. And they are only going to grow. And as I said before, I think cannabis cultivates us. I don't know how much we actually cultivate it. And I believe that we're fixing to cultivate ourselves into a a brighter and greener future. And you know, my good buddy, Mike Liego, he says the same thing. Mike's involved in all kinds of things, hemp. iHempX specifically is an online trading place that him and my good buddy, Adrian, are uh, both involved when they help people, farmers and vendors of all things hemp, acquire hemp. If you need any hemp products, man, check it out, iHempX. You can find a link for them on our website. They're often on our Instagram page. But any and all things, seeds, extract, biomass, advice, check those guys out. But man, Mike has a really high-level understanding of what's going on in the hemp industry. And me and Justin Jones, we talked to Mike today by phone. I'm not sure where in the world he was today. I think he uh, may have been in, I don't know, uh, Oregon. He was probably in Oregon. He's got big projects going on there, big projects going on in Colorado. But he really has his finger on the pulse. And farming hemp, people making seeds of hemp, people, you know, just the cutting edge of hemp all over the world. Uh, you might want to check out some other episodes we've had Mike on. You can have a whole little Mike-isode, if you will, uh, after uh, after this episode, this hemp-isode. This is another hemp-isode. It is still hemp, 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 hooray month or months. I don't know how long this is going to go on, but we definitely have several hemp-isodes coming. So, uh, yeah, man, world of information, great conversation like we talk it the fuck up. So sit back, fire one up, and enjoy this episode of The Real Dirt. Hey, this is Chip with The Real Dirt, and on today's Dirt, I have a co-host. Hello, Chip. Justin Jones here, co-host. Co-host. This is the first time I've done anything really like this, but uh, yeah, I've got a co-host, Justin Jones, longtime friend. He's involved in tons of cannabis stuff, whether it's ganja or whether it's hemp. Yeah, man, it's 2018. If you haven't downloaded the latest or the last episodes of The Real Dirt, download them at the Real Dirt Podcast on iTunes. Check us out on therealdirt.com. Hey, Chip, one thing, and it's a co-host's job to do this, but it is 2019. Um, hey. <laughs> what? 
what? what? I lost a whole year? <laughs> well, you know what it is, man? Yeah. I'm stuck in 2018 because our federal government, our government, our elected officials, they rose to the challenge and they legalized cannabis sativa. They legalized hemp. Yep. Previously, many states have had legal hemp for agricultural production, legal uh, CBD extraction, legal fiber production. And now it's federally legal as long as your state has uh, passed a law. Yep. If you can get a local license or tribal license or whatever, that's all they say. You that's just got to have it. You got to have it clear with your uh, with your local. Now, uh, we've, we've got a good uh, friend of ours online. Hey, hey, Mike, are you there? I'm here, guys. Oh, good to be here. Hey, good to see you, Mike. It's been a minute. How you been? I've been great. Uh, how are you two doing today? Oh, doing great here. Uh, just hanging out at Chips at the studio and uh, enjoying some of that sunshine out here in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, we've got a, a super stinky uh, hemp plant in our studio today. Not quite sure what the genetic origin is, but uh, man, this stuff smells like fruit. It looks like ganja. Wow, it's just really great, great to be around it, Mike. That's incredible. I wish I was staring at one of those right now. Here, you can smell it through the... Uh, you should be able to smell it the through microphone the microphone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, right that now. is pretty fruity. It's yeah. Yeah. It, is, uh, it smells good. So, right Mike, you have been a longtime hemp activist and business person. Why don't you give us a little primer and let's talk about how hemp, this legal, federally legal hemp, is, is affecting you and your businesses. Sure. Well, I appreciate the intro, and uh, my name is Mike Liago with International Hemp Exchange. I've known both you guys here for a little while, working with you guys in in the hemp and cannabis space. You know, it's great to be back on the show talking about this plant because, like you mentioned, it's exciting times. The government has done the right thing, and in the midst of doing plenty of uh, things wrong, and they've gone ahead and uh, legalized hemp, and it's created a massive opportunity for farmers, for the country as a whole, to take advantage of this situation where we can finally grow this plant again and, you know, start producing all the different byproducts that can come from it. So since the Farm Bill passed, we've just been bombarded by inquiries at the exchange. And that's the I, IHemp Exchange X? Is that, is that what we're International about? Hemp Exchange, IHempX.com. And, you know, we've just been, you know, it gets busier and busier every day, definitely snowballing. A lot of people looking for genetics, a lot of people trying to find out where they're going to get their hemp seeds from, their hemp plants, what they need to know before they start growing it. You know, assuming that most of these people have uh, licenses, not all of them do. Some of them are being a little more proactive and hoping their states get laws on the books. But there's a lot of people that are applying for licenses that don't know what the next steps are. And so we've been uh, fielding a lot of those inquiries, talking to a lot of farmers, talking to a lot of processors, a lot of investors, a lot of brands, you know, people are interested. And right now the hot topic is certainly CBD and the, the other cannabinoids that can be extracted from the plant. But we're on the verge of, you know, major food production starting to happen, fiber, grain, silage for the animals. So it's really exciting, exciting times. And, you know, we're thrilled to be in the middle of it. And I'm happy to be working with you guys on a lot of it. It sounds great. You know, Chip and I, I were can talking. hear the enthusiasm. Man. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was uh, I was asking Chip, I'm like, you know, I wonder how if, if Mike Liago could 
could just wave the magic wand, how many more hours in the day would you want, Mike? And how many more days in a week right now? Because things have got to just be going. 25 more hours yeah. in a day and eight more days in a week. <laughs> <laughs> things are just got to be going uh, going a million miles an hour for, for you and the team. <laughs> it is, but it's really exciting. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, this is, you know, kind of what I've dreamed about as an entrepreneur to be in the midst of of something growing so quickly and to have it be the hemp plan is just, you know, the icing on the cake. You know, we couldn't be luckier to to be here right now and, you know, Colorado and Oregon and other states that were more proactive and progressive when it came to hemp laws over the last few years. You know, they really gave us a head start. And so we've been really fortunate. I've been really fortunate to be you know, in the middle of things in Colorado to see it unfold, to meet the major players in the industry and just to be a part of it. There's not enough hours in the day, but we're, we're packing them full of some pretty amazing stuff. So Mike is one of the, the operators of, of iHempX, and it's an online marketplace where you can you source anything hemp from hemp seeds to hemp concentrates, all kinds of hemp products. And one of the major things they do is they sell, they sell hemp, they sell hemp seeds to new farmers. You mentioned a minute ago about how many people that are calling in, they're new farmers and they want to get, know how to get started. If I'm calling you and I had known nothing about hemp or ganja, do you have, you have these type of calls every day? Let's, let's go through one. Hey, Mike. My name's Chip. I don't know anything about dope, but I want to start growing hemp. This is a repeat of the call I just had, or <laughs> you're trying to be fresh here? No, no, that's we're dealing with it all day long, and you know some of them they they all mean well. There's a big learning curve here. And how do you get started, uh, man? How do you get? You started? know, it it kind of depends on what are you starting with. So, are you an existing farmer that's been growing another ag crop that wants to switch into hemp? You know, we're going to be able to draw a lot of correlations depending on the types of crops you've been growing, the types of, you know, farm implementation you're used to using, type of irrigation method at your disposal, and try and create a, a you know, a little bit of a game plan for you so that you can, you know, have a chance at, at success. A lot of people are jumping in and trying to take off too much. So we try and manage expectations. And if you're starting at zero, you probably shouldn't jump to 100 or 1,000 acres right off the bat. So we'll try and work with people to say, you know, okay, you've got 200 acres, but what are you used to farming? What are you able to farm? And, you know, let's talk about your budget. You know, this, it, it's not free to grow. It's going to require investment. It's going to re- require some infrastructure. Wait, wait a second. So, wait, hey, hey, hold on. I think we set off the fire alarm we in did. the studio. Of just, course you hey, guys we just did. did. Just, just hold for one second, hold on. okay? Yeah, turn that fire alarm off. It did correlate right with us sparking up these joints too. So I don't oh, know if no that way. had anything to do with it. <laughs> oh man. This is the is this the blooper reel? Well, these these uh these uh we might just have to leave it in. That was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I'm um <clears throat> you know, it's winter time. I go rasta in the winter cuz I don't want to catch a cold and I told Justin I was like, "Hey man, Bring a bunch of weed yeah, over here. He's like, bring I'm... two of everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, yeah, I need my own. And uh, so. so, so sorry, we had a little fire alarm there. Where were we? No problem. <laughs> well, you know, the, yeah. uh, what Mike was, what I was hearing is that t- from you is, is that there's no one solution and that it's different for every single person, depending on their rig, their farm, all those things that you said. And so it's hard to, uh, 
a lot of farmers, a lot of people want to just be given an SOP. This is how you do it. And, and does that exist at all? Or what are we looking at here? You know, we're getting closer to that. But right now, the people that have established those SOPs and figured it out from start to finish are, you know, a lot of them are holding on to that information pretty tight and trying to grow their farm networks and and figure it out. You've got a handful of consultants out there, more than a handful, but only a handful that are probably, you know, worth working with that'll share some SOPs, you know, for a price. So our approach is that we want to set everyone up for success. You know, there, there does reach a point where, you know, you're veering into more consulting territory and it's going to be more time intensive and we would put something like that together. But when we sell seeds to farmers, we try and make sure that we've addressed, you know, their concerns. They've, they've been able to discuss with us what their plan is. We can try and poke holes in it or make suggestions or try and figure out more efficiencies. You know, Chip, I, I'd say that, you know, I come from, the, you know, we come from the same world uh, prior to uh, me jumping into hemp. And it's similar to when somebody calls you and says, you know, I'm ready to set up a, a grow room. You know, where do I start? It's like, well, there's, you know, there's a number of different factors at play. There's a lot of similarities there. You know, you look totally. at what infrastructure well, you except, have. Except the thing about ganja is the people that enter the industry, some of them have zero level of knowledge, but most of them have some understanding of it. And hemp, it's, man, many people have no idea of any. I've right. heard people say, oh, hemp, that's the male plant <laughs> of ganja. And it's like, no, that's not right. Oh, hemp, you, you know, you plant it this way. Oh, hemp, it does this. And it's. It's people's level of knowledge is, is, is just not really there. The information hadn't been there. Well, nobody's had the, had the plant. Nobody's had the plant. No research, no universities. And it hasn't been as exciting as ganja until recently, but I would say on the hemp side, it's even, it's even harder, right? Because it's either small mom and pop, uh, farmers, people that, hear about hemp and think that this is a good economic opportunity or on the other side, man, it's farmers like that are growing row crops and hundreds of acres and thousands of acres. And they come out with a totally different fucking perspective. And Hey, it's agriculture at the end of the day with hemp. I know Gondas as well to an extent, but the scale of these hemp farms is getting to be pretty large. And even for, you know, a mom and pop operation in hemp, is is quite a lot of effort and anybody that thinks farming and agriculture is easy uh, is going to have a, a rude awakening when they jump into hemp so mike you know i hear a lot of times where where the hemp farmers are are going to do more than they did last year and so but i'm also hearing about a lot of new farmers coming on what are, what are you seeing on the uh, licensing side of things in places uh, in some of these states what are the numbers going crazy uh, uh, you know how many farmers registered last year and how many have already registered this year what are you seeing on that end of things so i don't have those stats sitting right in front of me but i know a couple weeks ago we got some national figures that there were over two hundred seventy-five thousand acres already registered and that's in comparison to a total of seventy-six thousand that were registered this past year wow and i don't think of those seventy-six thousand, i think you know we we're probably lucky to see 40,000 of those make it to the finish line. So we're already at, you know, 300 plus 300,000 plus today. And it's going to double by the time we get to planning season, if not more than that, based on our estimates. This increase in the the acreage, how does that compare in your opinion to, you know, the demand for CBD and and what that demand, how that's going to continue to to go up or is that, are we flatlined on CBD or we have skim in the surface? What's the balance that you're feeling there? 
You know, that's a great question. And I wish I had the magic ball in front of me to, to get the answer. It's the question of the day. And as all this investment money pours in and people scale and infrastructure, particularly in processing, gets set up, you know, that is the question is how much can the market support? If we're going to produce and sell billions of seeds next year, let's follow that down the supply chain. How much biomass does that create? How much oil does that create? And how many bottles of thousand milligram tinctures does it create? Right. It's a lot. Where we're at right now is that we have a bunch of grassroots companies or, you know, smaller brands that have gotten in the space and built uh, some pretty incredible businesses in uh, CBD and hemp products. But we've yet to see any of the big guys jump in, any of them. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to make waves when they get in. And that's the part that's pretty unpredictable is if you have Coke or Pepsi or Anheuser-Busch or Philip Morris or Pharma yeah. come in and start, you know, needing these products, that that could be a game changer. And this is going to extend. Yeah, you know, that's where I was going to go is this is going to extend a lot further be, beyond food products and supplements but into the entire CPG world of skincare and cosmetics and bath and body and all these other toothpaste, these products in our life that could have CBD in it and where we could probably be benefiting. And those supply chains need massive amounts of hemp and CBD to create one product line, let alone a whole offering. But the big companies haven't gotten in yet. This is global. And, you know, as is always the case, there's a lot of demand for American products, whether it's the genetics, the output, you know, we're doing an incredible job here in the U.S. of starting to scale the infrastructure when it comes to farming, the right farm implements, processing, drying, you know, that stuff's going to take time to ramp up in any of these new markets. And right now we're, we're doing a great job here in the States and we'll continue to. So, we're optimistic that this thing's got a few years of growth. Oh yeah, man. It starts it's just starting. It's just starting, man. But then again, you know, some, some of these people are going to start growing so much product. It's just fascinating to see how much that makes at every step of the supply chain and then to watch it disappear at the end and people to come yeah. back needing more. So it's, it's a fascinating time to be a part of it all. It's really amazing how it scales right now. And, you know, we've been watching hemp for a long time. Six years ago, it was a completely different beast than it is today. Do you see like a, a number one problem with hemp farmers or people that want to be in the CBD industry on, on scaling? Absolutely. We're going to face it this year when we were talking those numbers earlier of scaling from 75,000 registered acres to 300,000. That's probably going to end up being somewhere between 500,000 and a million acres. Mm -hmm. We didn't have enough infrastructure last year to dry it. And now we, you know, have a bottleneck in processing to process all that material once mm -hmm. it's ready. And mm -hmm. so we can't scale fast enough to keep up with it. And so that, you know, it's going to continue to create bottlenecks and from those bottlenecks, more opportunities. I know there's not an average hemp farmer right now, but <laughs> could you give me the outsiders, the outliers, the smallest and the, and the biggest from the people that call you looking for seeds or isolate, like, like just. Can you think, can you talk about it that way? The smallest guy, the biggest guy? Yeah. So, I mean, we're working, we had a great conversation this morning with a small farmer in Tennessee that did an acre last year and is going to do five or 10 this year. And while that doesn't seem like a lot and isn't going to have an impact on the supply chain, it was really great to hear this guy talk about what hemp is doing for their property and their experience last year and their whole plan to turn this family farm into 
a biodynamic farm and bring on more animals and bring on some more acreage and uh, really create a, a you know cool farm operation that's giving back in their community and doing things the right and sustainable way. And hemp's uh, a vehicle to help kind of drive that. Yeah, and man. you know that's just fascinating. You know, I keep saying fascinating, but it's just you know great to hear those conversations and talk to those people and see the the wide range impact. Because this guy mentioned, like we hear on every other call, the the billions that are being thrown around and the potential for everyone to you know, make a million dollars farming hemp and it doesn't always work out that way. And that's not what everybody is necessarily going at. So you've got the range of the guys down on that end. And then you have another conversation we had today, which was with a group of investors that want to put together a fund and purchase a lot of seed and find farmers to work with and try and follow that that product down the supply chain and start to you know, build it vertically over the next couple of years, but they're coming in at, you know, ground zero and trying to figure it out as they go. And they've got money they can put towards it, but, you know, are going to have to figure the rest out. And give me some money ideas on what these guys are talking about. Are they talking about like a $50,000 investment or $20 million investment? Hundred million, uh, two million, two, two million, million to start and hopefully get it to 20 or 40 million next year to, mm-hmm. to reinvest. Right. Okay. And Mike, uh, Explain why that uh, that's kind of uh, going to be popular this year in relation to what the input cost for a farmer is normally that's farming whatever they're farming grass or some other row crop and how they traditionally would be getting ready for the you know the spring planting versus the hemp and what's different and what you know where are the costs associated. Right. Well, I can't touch on all those points, you know, because I haven't I haven't grown some of those other row crops, but. Uh, when it comes to a farmer, you know, setting aside money and forecasting their needs and their returns, uh, the numbers are a lot lower when you're talking about other crops. So you're talking, you know, investments of dollars to $20 an acre in, in seed and returns anywhere from a few hundred dollars to a couple thousand bucks, you know, maybe more if you're in a, a specialty niche. And that's for grains or, or, or alfalfa or corn or something like that. Correct. That's what you're yep. speaking. A lot okay. of those commoditized crops. And what's um, the adverse of hemp? How many, what's the seed cost per acre and, and the, 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 the potential price? You know, you're going to get a range. So, you know, if you're, if you're doing grain or fiber hemp, you're going to be similar. You're going to be looking 20 bucks, maybe 30, 40 bucks uh, uh, an acre to um, get seed in the ground and or actually no you're looking at like 20 bucks a pound and multiple pounds but low input cost on your seed and then you know maybe getting a a few x higher return on your grain or fiber but when it comes to the cbd side of the hemp plant you know now we're talking a bucket seed and anywhere from 1500 to 10,000 seeds an acre depending on the varietal and uh Um, what they're looking for most people are averaging around 2,000 seeds an acre i'd say and so people are investing 1500 2000 bucks an acre in seed, uh, which is more than most farmers are used to getting out of an acre yeah. at the end of the season. Sure. Uh, but now we're seeing returns of, you know, on the low end, you know, 30, 40 grand upwards of, you know, a quarter million dollars an acre. Totally. I've saw a $28 a pound in Kentucky this year. And the farmer, he had 10,000 pounds that he grew on five acres. It really exists. And I talked to a guy in Oregon very similar to that. And what's really neat is to see how it's impacting the core of America, our farmers, you know, and mm-hmm. 
So one of those things is like Mike just said is this the farmer versus spending twenty or thirty dollars on some seed to spend fifteen hundred to five thousand or or whatever an acre uh, type of money they the farmers aren't ready to they can't just do that especially the mm-hmm. ones that didn't plant any hemp last year right Mike correct and we shouldn't generalize quite that much there are farmers that are you know willing to uh, step up and and grow at that level and you know make that investment and you know, put in some uh, significant acreage, but a lot of people want to walk before they run or they want to partner with somebody or they want, you know, someone there that can help them have a little bit more confidence that they're going to get that product to the finish line. And a lot of farmers aren't used to growing crop without knowing ultimately where it's going to go at the end of the season. They might know that there might be a little bit of a price fluctuation, but they're going to go to buyer A, B, or C. With hemp, it's high reward and there's also some risk and while most people are you know doing really well out of there you know it's not a sure thing it's not a guarantee that there's going to be somebody there with a check when you you know harvest that crop to take it off your hands and so you know people that want to see these high multipliers are often get sucked into the game of you know trying to trying to sell hemp find buyers take it further down the supply chain to see some of those higher returns and then you have other people that are a lot more uh, reasonable with their expectations and would accept a much lower price for mm-hmm. you know an easy sale so you kind of got that whole spectrum of you know how people are looking at it at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season it's just how people farm anything pretty much yeah and it yeah. sounds it really sounds like the international hemp exchange has the uh the connections to help the farmers you know connect the dots if a farmer is looking for that needs help with the seed um you guys know people that are looking for that exact you know what, what's the what's the biggest farm what's the biggest farm you, you guys have sold seeds to this year is a lot of the established and larger players from last year are expanding you know significantly but they're diversifying and so you know they're not necessarily saying we want to grow from 100 acres to a thousand acres in one plot but they might take that plot to a few hundred acres and then set up a, a bunch of other few hundred acre plots in different parts of the state and different parts of the country right, as a way to kind of hedge their bets on and, weather yeah, right. and other factors that might, you know, go into the, the growing conditions. So hundred acres, 10,000 acres, 7,000 well, acres. Okay, yeah. So where I was going there is that we've got orders for, you know, 30 million seeds plus, uh, so you start wow. to work that math backwards and it's thousands of acres. Yeah, totally thousands um, of acres. You know, we've, we're working on a deal right now up in Oregon for 2,000 acres. It also seems like on this expansion, anybody that was, anything that was being done manually now has to be done mechanically and, w- and with the farm implements. And how does that affect how many plants an acre people, pro- you know, put down and what, what, what does that uh, You do? can definitely do more with equipment, that's for sure, with <laughs> the right yep. equipment, the right equipment. Absolutely. And it just makes people uh, have to have to think it all the way through from beginning to end. A lot of the hemp industry in the past years has been, you, you think out to the next step and not a whole lot further than that. And so you figure out where you're getting your genetics, you figure out how you're getting them in the field, you figure out how you're going to grow them. And at the end of the season, you start to figure out how to get them out. And while it's worked in, you know, the infancy of the industry, now we need some more serious planning and the farms that are going to scale and do so successfully need to know before that seed goes in the ground, how it's coming out of the ground, where it's going, how it's being dried and how it's being stored. And then you start working that system backwards to figure out, well, if we're going to have these genetics that grow 
you know, about this big and we are going to come down this time of year and we're going to want to come in there with this piece of equipment and, you know, either chop it, lay it down, et cetera, et cetera, to meet their needs. But we're, we're definitely seeing that now people really starting to figure it out and really do the R and D to figure out the, the better mousetrap, because if, if you can think of a way to do it right now, people are trying it and trying to perfect it and exploring, you know, other options at the same time. So I don't think anybody has it totally dialed as of yet, but the people that are scaling successfully are definitely bringing in, you know, real farm impl- implementation to get the job done. Well, Mike, I, I know you're you're the man, so to speak, on helping people out with this. How do farmers of all sizes get in touch with you? You know, ihempx.com, or they can call one eight seven seven farm hemp. That's our hotline. You'd be put on right with one of our salespeople. Your hemp line. That's your hemp, hemp line. line. Our hemp line. So eight seven seven farm hemp. And it's ihempx.com. You got it. And farmers can go there and get seeds, clones. They can buy isolate, sell isolate, buy biomass, sell biomass. You got it. Yeah, they can do it all. Smokable flour. Smokable flour. Totally. Yep. We didn't even touch on that today. We'll have another that. episode on that one. That one's absolutely yep. Well, hey, Mike, thanks for joining me and Justin today, man. I really appreciate it. And I know this is going to be one of our most download episodes on hemp for sure. Thanks, man. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. I hope you guys don't burn it down over there. Oh, fuck. (laughs) We're going to definitely burn it down, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Keep the roof on the place. Let's say that. (laughs) All right. Good talking to you. All right. Take care, fellas. Talk soon. Wow, man. That was great. You can feel the enthusiasm. I'm really, really have been impressed with that guy since the first day I met him back in September, uh, you know, six months ago, and I met him mm-hmm. through you, and uh, I knew right away he had something going on that was really good because he was out in the field, out seeing people building personal relationships, and sometimes when something's illegal on different levels, not illegal on other levels, having real personal relationships, going and meeting people, mm-hmm. seeing what they're doing, mm-hmm. engaging in, in what's going on has been missing, you know, and it's more of been a phone call and, you know, a lot of guys, you know, hitting the phones and just people right. hey, doing buy, one, uh, one uh, deal. Yeah. Well, or a lot of just one-time deals. Everything's just, a, okay, mm-hmm. I got this, you got that. We can make, we need it, money, bam. Now people are like, no, I want to continue to work with these people or... Mm-hmm. What they've done at the exchange is really they know everybody they're working with is real. They've been there on the farm. They've they've t- went out to lunch with guys. They've you know mm-hmm. they've they've invested the time uh, and the personal energy, and that's really what it takes down the road. One of the things that uh, Mike said that's really interesting to me is, man, where do you think this is going right now, and how long do you think it's going to last? Yeah, well, you know? I I don't. Uh, I don't have an opinion because I'm a little bit too new on the hemp. But what I do here out there is that, you know, the next two, three years, it's going to be a really good crop. It's going to going to make mm-hmm. a lot more money than the other things. But let's talk about what farmers have already been through a little bit. And there's been bubbles throughout the years. And so there's, you know, there was a, a grass seed bubble when all the golf courses started overseeding and when all these, oh, yeah. these, these places in the south, the southeast that wanted the green grass all year long that all kind of came out of places like Oregon. And so mm-hmm. that was a, like a bubble and those guys made a, you know, made more money than they normally would, 
which allowed them to That's the upgrade the farm. Hustle, man. Uh, yeah, upgrade the farm. And so then canola, you know, at some point there was mm-hmm. canola. It was a boom. Ethanol comes corn. Boom. Guys are getting 10 bucks a bushel. Well, that's how you, uh, that's how you rebuild your farm. And when you've got generational farms, uh, which, you know, we have all over America, mm-hmm. you, if you're going to pass it down for your kids and your grandkids, you got to upgrade. And, and in order to right. maintain your profit margins, you might, you need, might need a bigger building or a better building and fix the old building, bigger tractor. Mm-hmm. So they hit these mm-hmm. bubbles every hopefully every 10 or 20 years and they rebuild the farm and they make it better, make it more profitable. And then when it, if it does, and when it does go back to a normal thing, then, uh, they'll, they'll be good at it and they'll grow it. And, uh, you know, it'll, uh, it'll have provided this, you know, thing that, that we need in the core of America. You're absolutely right, man. And this, I believe that hemp is one of the best opportunities for the small farmer right now just for exactly the thing you said. You're really getting paid per acre, especially small farms. It's really low labor. Just a couple people could manage, you know, you know, several acres and, and actually put infrastructure in their farm. Yeah, well, I got, uh, well, right. I mean, there's, uh, if you go smaller, but there's also a part of this that I kind of kind of have been seeing where the questions that the farmers are having and where, you know, uh, where am I going to sell it? And, you know, all these other things that they're, you know that they they don't operate that way. The farmers already know where their stuff's already going and who's buying it, I'm and everything's right. done. So this you're is a big, right. you know, this is like, like wait a, a second, you know, whoa, hey, you know, and it's like, well, listen, if you're gonna make, like Mike said, forty thousand an acre, fifty, hundred, he two, you know, if you're gonna make that kind of money, you got to take a little bit of a leap of faith, you yeah. know. And so, you know, as long as there's not something irresponsible going on where someone has never grown it and they're gonna try to do four hundred acres, you're like. You know, that's that mm-hmm. you're going to fail, you you're know, fail. so but when you're talking to guys well, that did two acres last year and want to do 20, you know, this year and they were super successful last year, you're like, right on, you yeah, know, totally. and, and, you know, I met a guy that was uh, same kind of thing, did two acres, him and his kid all by hand. And uh, they thought they had enough room to dry it. And boy, they did not. No, yeah, you're because absolutely right. Because he didn't right. know he was going to have, uh, he ended up having, uh, he did, he had 8,000 pounds of biomass at 15%. Wow. And yeah. uh, that takes some room and, to dry it out. And, Traditional uh, drying techniques. Yeah. And, but, you know, on two acres. So, yeah, right. and, and, you know, uh, yeah, he that's got, pretty good. He got four, I think he got four bucks a point for it. So, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, you know, but, uh, hey, you know, I've those seen guys, this in- it's a game changer, man. And, and uh, you know, the American, we want to want to make America make America good again or great again or whatever else. We, it, we, this really injects this money right mm-hmm. into the core of America, mm-hmm. and it, it's not like a, you know like hey Microsoft super cool and it changed everything. But you know there's only a couple places that their facilities are that really right. they have only some huge impact. The money right? But, yeah, this is this is across the board. Every big town, small town. It's some Willie uh, Nelson place. shit. This is yeah. real farm aid, Let's man. Get, hey, get the guitar. Let's write a song yeah. right now. Yeah, totally. About how uh, farm, yeah, farm. hemp in the farm, <laughs> 2018-19. Yeah, well, I tell you though, Mike, Mike and his team, uh, and I've been uh, working with them for the last six months on a, on a couple of parts of their their uh, platform, and uh, it has been great. And uh, for me, you know, in my tenth year of of legal, uh, you know, marijuana, and we're not going to use that word anymore. So uh, ganja. Um, Tenth year legal cannabis since yeah yeah that, you know I've been you know and so now to now to see it on the other end and 
I want to talk a little bit about uh, the other thing that's going on, and that is that, you know, right here in Colorado, Republican Senator Cory Gardner, you know, he stood up to Trump last summer and said, look, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I will not, I, I'm the swing vote. You guys think you have a Republican majority in the Senate, but I, if I don't vote Republican, you don't. And he stood up, and, you know, we talked earlier about how the politicians finally did what the constituents really wanted and needed and put him on the farm bill. Yay, clap, awesome. Yay. So now we're like, let's go back to the same thing. The ganja side of this has to have, you know, its day, and, it, and it, you know, we know what the country thinks. And I think that Cory Gardner did the right thing and basically was able to shut down the entire Republican White House and say, if you need to make it so that our people in Colorado mm-hmm. and the other states can actually function and do this. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, I mean, man. just a couple of days ago on the news, uh, you know, we've been hearing about the bills going in, the federalism bill, and we've heard Donald Trump on record say that he plans on signing it. And so, you know, the end of 2018 with the farm bill in 2019, this plant, you know, I don't, it won't be fully liberated uh, with the federalism bill, but it will allow the states that have already made their made their uh, claim and what they want to do, they're going to be legal. So it's yeah, going to really... It's coming, man. It's going to be a good year. And, you know, it's you, coming. You and I have talked about this for, for a long time, and, you know, we're here, and uh, it's really fun, and I'm glad I'm glad to be, uh, be involved with the hemp side now, too. So what are you doing with hemp? Dude, I'm so fascinated with hemp. We are involved with all aspects of it, from uh, some genetic development stuff to some research on cultivation practices to like selling hemp farmers uh soil amendments well that's what you I was know, just irrigation, yeah. irrigation like i mean it, it's a you know it's a it's a different beast as far as sales of products for sure because you're talking about fertilizing acres you're yep. talking about amending acres you're talking about amending or doing irrigation for acres and acres it's right. a completely different beast but Man, just the level of excitement when people come in is so much different than than ganja. Are people coming into the Cultivate stores and talking about hemp? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Uh, you know, Cultivate, we sell to home growers and commercial growers all over the country. And our biggest rising segment right now are hemp farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, I was looking at my stats for last year. Check this out, Justin. Yeah. We sold 900,000 hundred count cells for starting seeds last year. Yep. That was all for hemp. Wow. The years before we'd sold like four thousand. Right. So this is nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Big time. Yeah, totally. So it's a it's definitely a different market. It's definitely a yeah. different customer. In two thousand fifteen, I remember, you know, and, and recreational ganja had exploded here. I was in the middle of it. Uh Kush bottles were you know, going bananas here in, in Colorado, providing the child resistant packaging solutions. We used to get guys come in there and they were hemp guys and they're like, Oh, I got a greenhouse of hemp over, mm-hmm. over here or this or that. And we all, you know, we kind of, you know, we just scratched our heads and was, you know, we're like laughed about not getting no, high. It wasn't that. No, no, no. I just, mm-hmm. we kind of were like, what, what are those guys getting into? Like what's really going on over there? You know? And so a lot of those people were um, people that were, for whatever reason, hadn't uh, gotten into the the regulated system in Colorado or Denver, wherever they were at, and they just uh, stayed on the path with the plant and on the hemp side. And so now these guys, uh, you know, are, are uh, they've got years in on hemp, mm-hmm. and 
the rug's pulled all the way out. They're, the genie is all the way out of the bottle. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, hey, the the, uh, the ganja side of me gets a little jealous, you know, because <laughs> it's like, you know, because we need it bad too, right? So, uh, but I also yeah. believe that the, uh, that the, that hemp being legal is going to absolutely make sure that it gets legal on the ganja side. It's a, it, yeah, it can't, I mean, it looks the same. Chip, we're sitting right yeah. back here. You cannot tell the difference. Yeah, no doubt. And I, and I mean, it's it absolutely, it, so much, it, right? it is the same, it is the same plant. We know that. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the other things that, that, uh, that need to fall in place will fall in place. Well, hey, man, we're going to round up that episode yeah. of The Real Dirt. Thanks for uh, co-hosting. We're going to see you listeners, or you listeners are going to hear us next week. All right. Yeah, and we're going to speak to some real hemp farmers. Excellent. Yeah, I'd like to thank Justin Jones for joining me today. Thank you, Chip. And I'd also like to thank Cultivate Colorado for sponsoring this episode, as well as Growers Potting Soil. If you're looking for an awesome, soilless, bug-free, weed-free medium, check out Growers Potting Soil. You can check us out at growerssoil.com or just come and buy some bags at Cultivate Colorado. If you're interested in other episodes like this, you can download this at The Real Dirt Podcast on iTunes, and you can get it directly off our website at therealdirt.com. Thanks for listening. Chip, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. I'm going to give a testimonial. Get, let's hear a testimonial. All right. Testimonial. All you right. know, right. I just want to say, because it came up in conversation when I was at the, uh, at the Grow today. I have been, I, and then, you know, Dank, our, our business has been a customer of Cultivate now for 2008. Yeah. 12 years, you know, almost 12. So I can tell all your listeners firsthand that you will not find a better place to buy everything you need for the cannabis plant damn straight then cultivate and yeah. uh and, and a I, friendly I, staff to boot hey you know what it's all you got you've really done a great job you've got it all and uh you know i'm just here as a customer a happy customer for 12 years and uh <laughs> you know that that i just want people to know that well hey uh justin's one of my favorite customers i want you to download his original interview on the real dirt podcast and I tell a little story about why he's my favorite customer. <laughs> yeah, so check it out. Once again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode.